Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Poisoner's Cabinet. I'm Sinead. And I'm Nick. And this is your weekly podcast exploring the lives of the great poisoners and poisoning cases from across the centuries and creating curious cocktails inspired by the tales that we tell. And it's episode 36. 36. 36. 36. Mm, it feels like we've really rattled through the 30s. Does it? Yeah, to me. It was but, but a moment no, no, ago. This, this feels like a long, drawn-out slog. <laughs> Much like your 30s. <laughs> a long, drawn-out affair. Oh, how are you, Nick? I'm very well. How are you? Uh, oh, me? I'm... You? No, you've had your time. <laughs> oh, okay, fine. I'm all right. Good. I'm going to do a tiny mini shout-out this week, and it's a personal one. To whom? To whom? You're going to feel bad now when I say this. <laughs> Is it to me? To Nick. I'm going to shout-out to Nick because I love him. I thought this was the best way to tell you. <laughs> Quick shout out to Ailish and Amy, my cousin Ailish and her beautiful fiance Amy. I know you're fans of this show. They've had a very tough week and to the rest of my family really, uh, they've had a very sad week. Thinking of you, love you very much. <laughs> Any poisonings this week? Um no. no. I just have to think about it for a moment. Oh okay. Um, was there a moment where There was a moment of possible confusion where death may have involved. Finger was poised over yeah. the <laughs> poison the, button. The poison button. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I meant absolutely. to sort of like your hand hovered over yes, the, the yes. arsenic bottle. I got you there, but it went horribly wrong. <laughs> but it went horribly wrong. Well, maybe your finger was poised just to nudge it, like to tip it over, and it would accidentally right. spill into the soup, yes. ratatouille-like, but much darker. That was exactly what was going on. <laughs> you know what we should do, Nick? What should we do? We should thank our Patreon subscribers. Oh, do we have to? Yes, we do, because oh, we do. they're sexy and they're lovely. They and we love them very much. Marvellous. So thank you very much to, uh, to Josie Welch. To Julia Bivens. And to Maria Connor. You're very, very You're lovely people. Lovely. Thank you very much. And it's getting very spooky over on Patreon at the moment. Ooh. Yes, good story this week. Spooky story. Spooky story. And we're going to have some very special guests next week on Patreon. Yes. I think a lot of you may know. <laughs> <laughs> and we shall tease all of this information in due course. I better get writing something. Well, Nick. Yes. Are you ready? Never. To drink cocktails and talk about poison? Oh, I already have a cocktail, so let's go for it. Or, 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 Always or, or, we could drink poison and talk about cocktails. You see, 36 in, have I ever once 
chosen that option. Yes. But you still ask. <laughs> Sometimes you freak out and just go, we're doing the second one. We're doing the second one. I don't care. Um, but I cut that. And then after you've calmed down after a few days and we, we come back and re-record this. <laughs> we're going to go with the first one? We're going to go with the first one. Okay, we're going to go with the first one. Hooray, hooray, hooray. So it is Nick's story this week. Hurrah. Exciting. But we can't, we can't, we can't possibly tell a story without a cocktail in hand. Never. That's not the way we do things it's around not, here. Not the way things should be done. Yeah. And as it's your story this week, you get to choose the secret ingredient. I did. The secret ingredient which is inspired by the tale that we tell and will flavour the cocktail of the week. Yes. So, Nick. Yes. The secret ingredient... The secret ingredient... Is... Is... Hmm. A very mysterious white powder. Mysterious, mysterious <laughs> white, white powder. powder. Who okay. knows what it could be? Okay, what? <laughs> I have questions. I'm sure you have many. A mysterious they white powder. That's just what you're going for. Yeah. A mysterious white powder yeah. goes into. I'm scared, actually. Well, as one should be. I mean, I was momentarily outraged at like, oh, oh, we're going down this route of just random things that we say are ingredients back into the Sicily territory and that monks and things. But I'm also now quite frightened because I realise this is actually going into the cocktail. Yes. Is this how we end this? 36, I've had enough. No okay. more, no more for you. And we're going to go out on a bang. <laughs> <laughs> is it gunpowder? <laughs> no, don't be silly. No, don't be silly. That's, That's grey. <laughs> It's the colour of your heart. Okay, so ominous white powder. So now we're just going with kind of literary references. We're just going to put this in there so we can go a suspicious looking fruit we can use next week. I'm looking forward to this suspicious looking fruit. (laughs) An upsetting condiment. All right, with a mysterious white powder... Bloody hell. What are you <laughs> bloody helling me about? <laughs> well, I can't think of... Okay. Mm, mm, okay. Mm-hmm. With a mysterious white powder, yes. Nick, what have you come up with? Well, this is a classic cocktail okay. that I'd never heard of before. Oh, <laughs> it's called a cruster. What? A brandy cruster. Oh, a brandy cruster. And you can have whiskey crusters and gin crusters. Yeah, no, I'd never heard of it before, but it's come from like the 1850s. This sounds horrible. Wow. Crusted. Yes, Ugh. it's very crusty. Ugh. Bits in it. Oh, no, uh, well, some people else, might so. be thinking of a lovely baked pie crust, but I'm just thinking no. of crusty skin. Why would you be thinking, what's crust? Because what is crusty skin? It's like eczema or pariah. I'm a deeply damaged person. This That's is where my brain goes to in the first instance. Why do you think we started this podcast? Some, some people think, oh, a nice pie crust <laughs> yes. or something. You're going with haggard, leprous skin. Literally, is where the first thing it you was go a to. crusty a wound, a separating Scabs. wound that has crusted over. That's my first thought. You're a very upsetting person. Mm. So, okay, a brandy crusted. Well, now we've set the scene beautifully for everyone Yeah, listening. absolutely. It sounds like a lovely cocktail uh, now, it, doesn't it, it? It really does. Okay, I trust you, Nick. It's got an ominous white powder in it. It's crusty. I'm sorry that I'm suspicious. You're going to regret this. <laughs> okay. I'm going to go with it, Nick. I'm going well, to trust you. Really, My you? life is in your hands. <laughs> you don't have much choice. I think it's time for us to go to the poisonous cabinet kitchen and shake up a storm. See you in a minute. See you in a minute. And we're back. Hello. Wow, Nick. It's is an interesting look, isn't it? This is the, the most all out you've gone on design <laughs> for a cocktail. This is the most staggering cocktail look that you've created. It's a, well, I've not created this. This is the traditional way of serving this cocktail. I, but it's phenomenal. Um, which is really weird. And I've never seen anything like it. Before I explain what it is, it does slightly remind me of like a Russian hat 
like a Cossack kind of like with that sort oh, of Oh, I see with like, yes, like, like a bit of fur sort of thing going yeah. on potentially. So, yes, I see where you're going with that. So we've got a champagne flute with a beautiful kind of ruby rubyish rubyish uh, liquid with, where I can see a suspicious white powder <laughs> dancing around the top and it's topped off with some sort of half lemon half sugar frozen thing <laughs> funnel on the it's, top it's really weird it is really weird I've never seen <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid yeah I mean I, drinking it is going to be interesting uh, yeah how how do, how, how well, do we how do we how do we in theory through the lemon <laughs> Because <laughs> this has been prepared a couple of hours in advance, so, I can I can tell. <laughs> so, um, so basically, for you'll see the pictures later on the social. Basically, a lemon topped and tailed, hollowed out the middle, so all the the flesh and pith has been ta- been taken out, honestly save for the drink itself. So you're left with a, a funnel, a barrel of lemon. <laughs> rind it's almost um, like a lemon what a, a tunnel a, a tunnel, tunnel, of, tunnel a tunnel of, of lemon, lemon <laughs> which is put into the top of a champagne flute and it has to be served in a champagne flute those are the rules and then sort of the gap between the edge of the glass and the lemon is sealed with sugar syrup which is then dusted in sugar and put in the fridge and then half an hour later another load goes around it to create like a seal between the glass and the lemon so in theory you can drink it through the lemon tunnel oh so it's not because it's rigid rather yeah. than floppy lemon yes yeah indeed. this is inc- i mean it would look that that is a great method for a party trick this is incredible so if you bring this out i have guests. no idea i've got a feeling as soon as the liquid touches the sugar is it all going to dissolve and go everywhere or so i have provided some straws as well for emergency use i'm just going to address the elephant in the room yeah the white powder the white powder is it coke it's not coke <laughs> Oh no! Oh man! Oh, oh no. no! Drugs are bad, kids. Drugs are bad. The white powder we have used on this occasion is the sugar. Oh, the sugar. The sugar. Mm-hmm. And so I was looking at sugar things, and I thought, oh, I could do like a sugared rim on a drink or something like that. So I was googling sugared rims, and I shuddered to think what came up. <laughs> and this came up, and and this this delightful looking beverage came up, and I thought that is just too weird not to give it a go. So we've got the the tunnel of lemon and sugar, yep. the little sprinkling of powdered sugar on top, and then what's in the drink? So in the drink we have so we have brandy, yeah, we have triple sec, oh yeah, we have maraschino, nice, we have lemon juice, yes, we have a bit of sugar, yeah, um, and bitters. This sounds delicious. So yeah, really, <laughs> really intriguing. Okay, so we need to try this. So are we going to try and, and I'm going to try and go through the funnel, lemon, the, the see lemon what tunnel. The hell happens. The, okay, right, let's go for it. Dive a go. in. Cheers. Okay. Merry I'm sorry. <laughs> it's so weird. It's so weird. <laughs> it didn't drip everywhere, though. No, it worked. I have to say, the seal has held. Held. It, I don't know. It's, it, it's a very nice drink as well. It is actually really nice. I, I, I haven't actually really absorbed the drink yet. It was more the going through the tunnel of lemon, which was more the thing. You will see the pictures later, guys. Google it if you need to right now. But yeah, it's a tunnel of lemon and sugar, and then you've got to sort of tip the drink through it. Really, really yeah, but you tip it much further than you think you're going to. Yeah, and you think you're going to die, or it's going to go all over your face. Okay, I'm going to try it again. Mm. So the drink itself is lovely. It's quite nice. It's really weird sugar. drinking it through that, though. It's really weird drinking it through there. Really nice cocktail. Yeah. Delicious. Really, all the flavours. Tick the boxes. Delicious. Brandy. Next time, yeah. I might try it without the lemon tunnel. Why I mean, would it, you? No, it, it's lovely. If you're going to do it, just go all out, guys. <laughs> we don't do things by halves here at Absolutely the Poisoner's not. Cabinet. I'm not going to lie. 
I think the lemon thing is brilliant and it's a talking point. It doesn't look particularly elegant. No, <laughs> no, I'll, I'll give you that. It Technically, it works. As an engineer, an engineer would be all over this and be going, yes, it's absolutely solid, but a designer would be questioning its capabilities. But then you end up drinking quite a lot of the cocktail because you're just knocking it back to try and get it through the lemon. Weird. This is weird. <laughs> Are you gonna Are you gonna continue with the lemony bits, or are you? Gonna I think use I might go with straw? Because I think in the more the more you tip it, the more the liquid is in, or the drink is in touch with the sugar, the more the sugar, that sugar is going to dissolve, <laughs> and, and at some point it's just going to go and go and all down your top. There's going to be lemon on your face, and there's going to be all sorts of unpleasantness going everywhere. <laughs> okay, so we're just so, gonna we're gonna add some straws to this, and it does look but, pretty cool actually, just with that as a decoration and the straws in there. It's worse with the straw because you don't get that sugar hit from the rim. You don't oh, really? get that. Oh, you don't get right. that. Sugar. My God, you're right. So when you drink it, you'll see get a mouthful of the sugar crust. I don't actually mind that though. Oh, it's I not still, bad. I, I prefer it with the sugar though. This is the most complicated drink that we've we've ever made, and yet we can't stop drinking it. And it's great for the listeners who are just hearing us just go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, I like, and this I is like what drinks. we have to get. Hello, 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 hello. I'm getting sugar all over my face. Mm. <laughs> it's everywhere. It is not an elegant drink. <laughs> I mean, if you made this on a first date, you'd sleep with a person anyway just for the effort. Yeah. But it, you wouldn't look sexy doing it. You can't, it's, like, sensually sit No, this. not at all, not at all. This is not one for the ambassador's party. Um. Oh, God. I can't stop laughing. I'm trying, I'm trying to drink it. Oh, well, I just get bits of sugar every look, time I go into it. It looks really weird and looks quite look. obscene, <laughs> to be honest. Whereas you think you're just drinking from a glass, but no, your sort of lips are going towards a sort of puckered yellow orifice. It's... um. It's a very peculiar look. Oh, puckered yellow orifice <laughs> is not a phrase I thought we'd ever say on this show. And yet... <laughs> Welcome to a, the world of the Brandy Cruster. The Brandy Cruster, and it's not a good name. That's not a good name. Well, I'm assuming it comes from the crust of sugar, but... um. I know, but you never call something crust. Just because there's a risk of the someone like me out there. Yeah, but this, this, this was made oh, New, New Orleans in the, like, the 1850s, this comes from. And you've got to um, admire their spirit here, that so, they've they've put this together for no reason. <laughs> there's just no reason. Why the hell not? <laughs> there's no reason for any of this. I think the cocktail is fine on its own. I think it's sweet enough with a little bit of powdered sugar, mm. sugar that you've put in there. <laughs> um, with the lemons, it's yeah. brilliant. I, there's I, no need for it whatsoever, but it's just There bizarre. is no need, but people... <laughs> but why the hell not? Please, if, if ever you were going to attempt to make a cocktail and film it and take pictures, make it this one. Yeah. God damn it. You have a good couple of hours because so, you need to, yeah... Do what you need to do, Drunk. In the fridge for half an hour, another layer in the fridge for half an hour, another layer in the fridge for half an hour, then you can drink you see, it. See, that's effort. I would never yeah, do that. I would just drunkenly solidify. come home and try and make that for someone. That would not end well. <laughs> oh, I love it. How do you follow that? Well, quite. Yeah. Well, with our uh, brandy crusters, I still can't get over that name. God damn it. Brandy crusters in hand, but wearing medical gloves, I think. Is it time for a story, Nick? It is time for a story. Yay! Story time. So today we start our story. Okay. Not at the beginning, not even at the end, but somewhere in the middle-ish. <laughs> so somewhere in the middle of the story, a bit nearer the end than the beginning, probably about 60% of the way through. And I like it, it's yep. specific. And we find ourselves in Chicago. Chicago. In the police cell of Martin Dutz. Oh, a man? A man, indeed. Yeah. Huh. A seemingly mild-mannered man, um, locked up for the most evil and despicable of crimes. Defrauding a used furniture dealer. God, no. To the chair, I say. I have to say. (laughs) (laughs) 
oh you have been working on that all day haven't you oh you love a pun a i love pun. a pun, a great pun. <laughs> moving on moving from on. my excellent punnage i don't think anyone can but you know we'll, we'll try and rebuild our lives after that so inspector shippy the man who has incarcerated martin dots um, has no way of knowing that this man has actually murdered a dozen women all over the country. Bastard. But he does become rather suspicious when he re- receives a letter from the Reverend Herman Hass of West Virginia. The Reverend has recognised the man's picture in the sh- in a Chicago newspaper. Ooh. It's obviously a slow news day and they're photographing <laughs> furniture fraudsters. How do you defraud a furniture shop? I'm not entirely sure and I did try and Google as to what exactly had happened um, and uh, with no luck. But, um, you bought a three-piece suite but only paid so, for two pieces. Yeah, potentially. Something, something like that. But say so the Reverend has recognised Martin Dotz's picture in the newspaper okay. um, and he has written to the Chicago police um, enclosing another photograph of Johann Hock, a man who has been suspected of killing a Mrs. Caroline Hock um, in the summer of 1895. Now, there is no mistaking that these two men are the same person. Yeah. They are the same person. The problem is that the man in the photograph that the Reverend has sent was supposed to have committed suicide in the Ohio River three years earlier. Oh, wow. Well, a ghost! A, a ghost, so a- could it be a ghost furniture fraudster? <laughs> you never Fulfilling know. Fulfilling his life's duties. <laughs> the policeman did not think so. <laughs> God damn it, why is there never ghost murderers? I know. So Inspector Shippy, he attempts to investigate this lead with this, ev- this information given by uh, the Reverend and this letter, but he finds himself going into a complete rabbit hole of weirdness um, and decides that it's going to take a huge amount of time to actually unravel what this conundrum that has been presented to him and he needs to keep dots martin dot hock whatever his name is in jail mm-hmm. so he pursues the fraud charge keep him locked up a bit so i can find out exactly what's going on uh... let's go with the fraud and soon he actually has enough for a conviction and it is obviously serious enough that he's actually sentenced for a year to in cook county jail now with martin dots hock whatever his name is locked up the inspector can turn his full attention and his investigating skills to this matter of this suicide, murder, death. What's going on here? Same man. <laughs> I, li- I like the fact that he probably presented that to his superior officer. Yes. <laughs> what, what, I want to investigate a suicide, a murder, death. What's going what's on here? What's going on? I need to find out what's going on here. That's good. We're called, we've called Scotland Yard. What's all this then? Yes, they agree. And so acting on this tip from the Reverend Hass, he starts in West Virginia. Now, Hock has first appeared in West Virginia in the town of Wheeling in Ooh. February 1890. Uh, using the name Jacob Huff, he opens a saloon bar when he arrives, oh, catering toward to the German community. He likes playing his. He's got a. He plays in like a zither oh. in his bar to entertain his his clientele and things like oh, that. So a, he's German. Yes, he's German. Great. Uh, B, you made the motion for an accordion. I, did, I really did that. I'm not, in, I'm not entirely sure why I did that. It's a very specific accordion type zither. <laughs> No, he was famed for he it. Famed. People came from miles around. People <laughs> hated it. But he becomes a popular man for his accordion zither playing <laughs> in the local German community. And he begins to seek out a wife. A wife? He wants to be happy. He That's, is in want of he a is wife. Want of a wife. A want of a wife. And he is in want of a widow. Oh, okay. A widow with, with a bit of cash. Oh, oh, okay, fine. Fair enough. Or at least someone divorced with a bit of cash. Yes. Needs some cash. Needs some cash. Knows her way around a house. Yeah, well, I'm not that bothered about that, really. Got some cash. Got That's some what cash. I'm after. Uh, like One it. of those he finds is Caroline Hock. And after a whirlwind romance, the couple marry in April, only two months after he's actually arrived in the town. Oh, fair enough. They are married. That uh, is the olden times, though. Don't the waste, olden times. Don't waste time. Don't Anyone waste time. could die of cholera any I mean, second. This is true. The service is performed by Reverend Hass. 
our letter-writing reverend. After three months of marriage, Caroline falls gravely ill. Oh, no! Desperately ill. Reverend Hass is called to Caroline's bedside. Just pats no, her on the head every now I th- and then. I think he's a bit more feeling than that. Ugh. <laughs> really? You got to do a pun earlier on. I get to do dirty gags. <laughs> oh, is that the deal we've got now, is it? Well, that's the deal that I have silently made. <laughs> so the reverend is called to Caroline's bedside, where he witnesses Hoff mixing a strange white powder into her tea. A mysterious a white mysterious powder. White. Now, Hoff, he, is, he tries to convince the Reverend that this is a natural remedy. It's something he's picked up from the local druggist. Um, it's all for the good make to help his wife, get his wife better. Mm-hmm. But the Reverend is, remains unconvinced by this and slightly suspicious. Obviously, this is a very new man in town. This is all happening very, very quickly. Yes. Um, so he's got his concerns, but he doesn't do anything. He just goes... Okay. Doesn't say anything. Doesn't let anyone know. Within a couple of days later, Caroline is dead. No. Caroline has died. Now, within a, a few hours of the death, the news has reached Reverend Hass. And he goes straight to the to the house. The, the husband is going to be in mourning, in grief. Mm-hmm. Need to go there, be supportive. I'm the local priest. He gets there. Caroline's body is unattended. No one else in the house. Oh. Caroline lying in the bed where she died. Oh. No one to be seen. Reverend is fuming. This is not how you treat the dead. No. This is not how you treat your dead wife. Um, you do not <laughs> Ideally leave. not. Ideally not. So he storms out and he goes searching the town for, for Hoff. I'm, I'm liking yeah. this No, priest. this priest, he's, he's This priest he's has good. got some cojones. I like He it. really has. He scours the town and eventually he finds him in the barbershop. Getting a nice trim, getting a haircut. He's just gone to the salon. He's just gone to the salon. Oh, bloody hell. Yeah, his wife has died. I know, make myself feel a bit better. Go and get my nice hair done. Yeah, there's going to be lots of honeys at the funeral. Well, quite. Yeah, I mean, as soon as Hoff sees the reverend approaching, he sort of breaks down and starts weeping uncontrollably. (laughs) Um, Now, the the minister is not convinced by this sort of showy spectacle. That Um, is 100% what you would do if you saw someone break. Oh, God! No, woe is me! It's like when you see... It's the last thing my wife wanted was a haircut. <laughs> it's like if you're having a sick day and you see your boss in town, you go, <laughs> uh, I'm just going out for medicine, excuse me. This tequila isn't mine. Huff insists that his wife is buried straight away. There is mm. there is no delay. He collects two and a half thousand dollars from Caroline's life insurance, again a considerable sum, sells her house, cleans out nine hundred dollars from her bank account, and vanishes. <gasps> he is gone. Hell. He's, I know. he's a fast mover. Oh yes. Oh, rapid. Yes. This is this is all within a few days. No. He's scarpered. Now, Reverend Hass has explained in his letter to the inspector that he believes Huff has actually gone to the nearby Ohio River. He surmises, and I'm not entirely sure how he's come to this conclusion, but he details this what he believes happens that has had that evening. Strips off all his clothes, walks into the water. Places his watch, which has got his photograph in, on the side on his pile of clothes. Leaves a suicide note with his clothes and climbs into a boat. He's tethered there, waiting. Oh, oh, he does a full Reginald Perrin. Absolutely, then. yeah. He, yeah, he just leaves faked, everything on faked there. his suicide. Uh, he climbs into the boat, rows away. So he continues up the river and sets the boat adrift. And then can, once he's reached the, the other side, I mean, I think the town very much believe, oh, his wife has died. He is... He's grief-stricken, but the reverend is unconvinced. He remembers, yeah. see, what these powders and like things that reverend. he's been put... He remains unconvinced. Now, so the reverend and the church are at the heart of this little local community. Everyone comes to him for advice, Ooh. and I think he's, he's probably left feeling incredibly guilty that he didn't take any action when he became suspicious of Hoff in the first place, administering this powder. He had his suspicions. He didn't say anything. Caroline's died. So he, I think he's probably feeling very, very, very guilty. And he takes it on himself to figure out the truth. 
he is now on a mission. So just one week after this supposed suicide, a musician that the Reverend knows uh, visits him, and in casual conversation, catching up about the, the events, he mentions that he has seen Huff only a few days previously. But this time, he's actually calling himself Johan Hock. And he's been seen across the Ohio River in Janesville with another woman on his arm. No! Um, I mean, obviously, it didn't seem he went too far to start his new life. Did he literally just go across the river? It looks like he just went across the river, next town. (laughs) Hi, I'm Johan Hock. I I love you. Will you marry me? Um... Obviously in America. Rivers are bigger. Well, yeah, this is true. Big swathes of water. Absolutely. Can't actually, see the other I think, side I think you thing. can actually see people on the other side of rivers in America. I'm thinking of lakes. Or possibly an ocean. The Reverend writes to the police in Janesville, uh, warning them of this dangerous fraudster in, mm. in town, but there is no reply. The police take no action. God damn it. Um, and Johan, as he's now calling himself, remains free. But as soon as the Reverend knows that Hoff, Hock, whatever he's calling himself, is alive, he becomes obsessed. He scours newspapers for marriage notices and obituaries, picking through cases where where a, a remarried widow had died suddenly, where a husband had disappeared with a new wife's money. He is reading all these articles that are in the bottom corner of the back page and stuff like that that no one ever reads, but all these little things he's wheedling out. Clever boy. He's a very, he's a clever man. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about Wix. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Now, Hoff has a habit that whenever he skips town, he takes his recently deceased or abandoned wife's name. So so in Wheeling, he arrives as Hoff, his name. He marries Caroline Hock. He is now Johan Hock. Caroline Hock died. 
Well, yeah, um, that would avoid suspicion. So perhaps. he's taken sort of like his wife's name. It feels like a shrewd move that one actually. Potentially, it's weirdly, because then you can turn up and say, "Well, I'm a grieving widow. Why would I?" No, actually, no. But, but why would he take his wife's name? Oh that yes, was... no. I'm being an idiot. No, yeah. So normally you should take the husband's the wife's name. name. So he's taken the wife's maiden name to reinvent himself in this new town. Okay. Yeah. So it's quite quite intriguing. He finds a piece about an Otto Hawk. Otto who has married a woman in Dayton, Ohio, um, and deserted her only a few days later, taking her life savings. In 1897, he finds an article in a German language newspaper from Milwaukee about the vanishing of an Jacob Otto Hock, who has disappeared and left one wife dead and another swindled out of her life savings. What? Bloody hell. By 1898, Reverend Hass's newspaper detective work has begun to pay off. And in a Chicago newspaper, he reads of a man named Martin Dots, who had been arrested for the previously mentioned furniture-based fraud. He's really toned it down when he was in Chicago. Maybe he was on holiday. But also for bigamy. Bigamy? Well, Um, it's bigamy too. It's big of all of us. Which is a trait that seems very familiar to the man that the Reverend was chasing. um, Chasing down. And as we know, he wrote to the inspector in charge of the case. Can I just say, I love this reference. Oh, he's brilliant. He's Can, a marvellous man. If, if a film has not been made of his life, <laughs> let it happen. He is a hero chasing across the American frontier. Oh my God. I mean, this is very much the abridged version you're getting here. I can but, imagine. But he goes into such detail. I'll go to a slight aside. Um, mm-hmm. When Hoff had opened the bar, the saloon bar in Wheeling, mm. um, he was obviously talking to patrons and stuff like that. He talked about where he had come from in Germany. And the Reverend actually takes it upon himself to write to the local magistrate in the town in Germany. Germany, where <laughs> Hoff was supposedly from, right. to try and find any his information, background about this man yeah. who was emigrated to the state. So he goes all out to try and know, redeem himself from what, know, what he feels is perhaps his failure that he didn't... Just he, try and investigate but he's, this man. He's just, just like, trying to investigate this man and trying to do sure. as much as he can. That, oh my God, I So he's, he's a brilliant man. He's absolutely fantastic. And, and, and again, as we've seen, doctors and policemen <laughs> failing people... Reverence. Reverence. The not greatest poison <laughs> of them all in this case. So as we heard earlier, say so he writes, he's written to Inspector Shippy, and the inspector is concerned enough about the Reverend's accusations and these file of newspaper cuttings and clippings and things that he's that the Reverend presents. And for the year while Hock Hoff Dots, whatever his name is, yeah, um, is in prison for fraud, Shippy follows this trail that has been laid out by the Reverend sort of Yay. across the country. Um, New York, San Francisco, St. Louis, Minneapolis, Bloody Kansas hell. City, Milwaukee, all these places that he finds connections with this, who they think is the same person. Mm. Obviously under a million different names, but incredibly frustratingly, they cannot produce enough hard evidence to narrow it down that yes this man is actually this man or anything like that so they cannot convict him of anything and he is constantly slipping through through their fingers because it feels Ooh. like a, well, you know one year he's in prison oh that's plenty of time to gather evidence Psst, it's, it isn't. Yeah, absolutely it's, to it's, secure a conviction you may have a lot of conjecture you may have a lot of theories you may yes. have a lot of a lot of circumstantial evidence yeah, about everything's it, about adding it up but for hard evidence that you can yep. take to court Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, Hoff is soon to be released from jail, and the inspector does not want this. That he is, is he is desperate, and he contacts the authorities in Wheeling and begs them to exhume the body of Caroline Hoff to look for signs of poisoning. Ooh. The police in Wheeling carry out the request. I mean, they've been hounded by the Reverend as well for years, and now you've got a police inspector from Chicago going about the same thing. They're thinking... Oh, we should probably do something. Whereas Uh, the reverend is just going, dig up their bones! (laughs) So they do. They exhume uh, Caroline's body, but officials are horrified. 
They open the lid and they discover that all of Caroline's vital organs have been surgically removed. No. And are missing. Shut up. The body cannot be... he wanted her in the ground so soon. Yeah, he wanted her in the ground so soon. He has removed everything that might give a trace of poisoning. Oh, that is nasty. There's nasty. I mean, there's nothing to be examined. There's there's no case to be made. The body, the parts missing, the internal organ missing. That's weird. That's fucking awful. Um, (laughs) But there's nothing to be tested for poison. Um, And they can't prove it was him that did it. Oh my god. Nothing happens. At the end of his term for fraud, Hock is released, much to the frustration of the inspector and the reverend, um, who are probably at the jail gates going, no, you bastard. Oh my god. Uh, Hock is... He's the greatest poisoner of them all. He, well, he, he may always he's, something. He's, he's done the thing that for 35 <laughs> episodes before this, no one has thought to do. Take out their organs. And then they can't... Oh, God. The ghosts of every poisoner is going, oh, shit, why didn't I think of that? Well, didn't Crippen try to do something similar? Well, we don't know what happened to his wife. He just buried some shit in his cellar, allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> the inspector is convinced that this man is going to murder again. Already suspected of so many across the country in so many states. But they have no hard evidence now before his prison term hock would take his time he would marry women slowly poison them Ooh. spending months murdering wives very carefully of course um, it's a hobby you want to, it's a hobby you want to you do it well take pleasure in your hobby practice get better <laughs> Ten thousand hours <laughs> <laughs> he would he calls in local doctors who he knows are going to diagnose if his wife's illnesses as natural causes maybe kidney disease or something like that but he starts that early that conversation with doctors early so there's no suspicion it's not all of a sudden oh look my wife is desperately ill or she's dead Mm. it starts months as he is slowly putting his white powders into various things incredibly incredibly clever after his release from the Cook County Jail, he knows people are suspicious of him. Mm-hmm. He knows he's got a mad reverend on his tail, um, and now the inspector <laughs> Which as is the well. Last thing you want. And his careful methods seem to sort of slightly fall apart. He begins killing in record time. Oh come on, learn for, your lesson. For nineteen hundred to nineteen oh four, Hock used a variety of names to marry and murder as many as fifteen more women. What? So he's been released from jail. Released Everyone from jail. knows that he's. But there is no evidence. There is no. There is no hard evidence. He covers to prove his tracks that he well. Covers his tracks that well. Oh my god. Um, he's off and he's doing it again. But this time he knows he's got people suspicious of him. He's doing it quickly. He's not sticking around in any oh place anytime soon. I don't like it. He selects future wives and victims from Lonely Hearts columns. Um, now we have seen that before. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he marries rich widows, and then within days of the wedding, they are heavily dosed with his arsenic powder is that the, so the, the white powder is it is it is indeed arsenic 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 alarm it is indeed arsenic as many alarm. things that we do and <laughs> shout out to the person who wrote to us this week and said they were in a work meeting and someone mentioned arsenic and they shouted out arsenic alarm <laughs> I have not read that one that's brilliant <laughs> and you have all of the arsenic points you are our god we worship you <laughs> so I mean at the time he is relying on the relatively primitive embalming techniques that actually use quite high levels of arsenic in the process yeah of, of, of embalming which means it is, it is impossible to find trace amounts used as poison because it's part of the embalming process arsenic we know is a preservative yeah, absolutely but he's consciously using this absolutely he's using this fact very much to his own advantage knowing that that's... they will not be able to differentiate between arsenic used in embalming oh and God. arsenic used in tea to kill his wives <laughs> um, he murders some, some wives within a week of their nuptials of their wedding they're dead within a week and he is still free and out there 
1901, he takes a mail order course in hypnotism, given Shut by up. Professor Professor Jackson. Oh, 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 oh I thought it was going to be something. Really no, cool. it's not. But it's not. Pro- so it's Professor not, Hypno or Mysterio. Yeah, exactly. It's not. Yeah, it Professor Eyes. <laughs> but no, Professor, <laughs> Professor Jackson. Look into this glass. <laughs> he earns himself a diploma as a graduate hypnotist yes um oh yes oh. I, I mean he quickly tries to put his new skills to the test um and goes to work on a widow named mary elizabeth gurk um whom he had met through a, a room wanted post in a local paper he marries her in three weeks <laughs> now whether that was his hypnotist skills using that or i mean obviously he's not been unlucky with the persuading women to marry him in the no, past clearly i'm thinking he must well he, he's got the gift of the cab or something oh for me for sure i mean he tries seems a bit far-fetched to suddenly go from if he can do that then he's just ramping it up to hypnotism look into my eyes look into my eyes look into my eyes he he tries to hypnotize her so the reports say <laughs> um into taking out a large life insurance policy ah, see, clever, on herself um, she's lonely she's horny she wants to get married but yeah, life insurance she, please let's yeah, give it a week absolutely she so she she's married him but maria's made of sterner stuff than this and and will not fall for the hypnotism and he soon realizes that he's she is not going to take out this life insurance policy no matter how many pocket watches um he has to hand as soon as he realizes this he's off Ooh. he leaves marie abandons her no. moves on Aww. to the next marie's probably heartbroken she thought she'd found the one but she probably had a lucky escape if yeah. she had taken that life insurance policy she would not be around so we're thinking the hypnotism was shit i think case. it was well it was a mail order hypnotism i can't <laughs> imagine it's going to be that good <laughs> <laughs> it was just a big pinwheel and he was just turning it <laughs> A series of diagrams with a pocket watch there and then there and then arrows. He was just showing her the diagram going, apparently I move it here now, I'm moving it here, now I'm moving it here, now I'm moving it here. Are you hypnotised yet? It did not work well. He then starts posing as Count Otto von Kern. Yes. Of Bavaria. Yes. Uh, He conned Hulda Nagel out of $2,000. Sorry, so who did he con? Hulda. Hulda. Hulda Nagel. Hulda Nagel. <laughs> the, the names just get better Pretty and better. Much. She is £2,000 to $2,000 lighter after meeting the Count. lot of money. As John Schultz, he marries Marie Becker, insured her life and attended her funeral the two months later. Killer? No. Maybe not that I think Marie Becker. Probably not. She had a Sujon bag in America, <laughs> then she went back to Belgium and then all was done. In 1903, under the name of Dr. Hart, he marries a burlesque queen in Milwaukee. She is described as a burlesque <laughs> queen. What makes one a burlesque queen? I do not know. I think we all know what makes a woman a burlesque queen. Just goddamn attitude. That's what it does. <laughs> and they honeymoon in Minneapolis, like uh, one as does. As he would. As he would. A romantic it's place. It's a lovely place. But when he tries and fails, to knock her out with chloroform oh he runs in the middle of the night he flees <laughs> the burlesque queen has fought back God has it, not yes. succumbed to the chloroform and now again a woman who is too much for him too strong she got moxie he just tried to chloroform and then yeah. fled in the night yep yeah, i imagine she woke up halfway through with a rag stuff in her face fought yeah, him yeah, off yeah. and he went i'm not having this and he scarpers just stood up. i'm leaving you darling yes. well it's fine yeah that that, that works for me <laughs> He marries his last victim, Marie Walker, in in Chicago. He's gone back in Chicago on December the 5th, 1904. Only days later, she is in bed in agony. On the night of her death, Marie's sister, Amelia, arrives at their home, hugely concerned for Marie. As his wife lay dying, Hock embraces and kisses Amelia downstairs. Sorry, figuratively or literally? No, literally. Yeah, okay. Yes. But not (laughs) downstairs. Um, again <laughs> despicable the way you said it nick it was i mean that would be cause for alarm if you've never met the person before as well. 
Or maybe she was fine with it. She I mean, like, I think she. Honest, I'm mean, and... I, I, to be honest, I think she was fine with it um, because, as his wife say, his wife is lying dying. Um, he proposes to his wife's sister, and she agrees. If he's done that on the first meeting, um, she's probably thinking, "Fuck yes, okay, <laughs> go ahead, mate." Marie is buried the next day. No, and Hock marries her sister six days later. Oh, fuck off. Bad sister. Bad sister. Bad sister. Bad sister. Bad sister. Bad well, sister's indeed. been waiting for her to die. Well, yeah, she? something. There was not a good uh, relationship there, I feel. Oh, God. That, <laughs> that is a nasty Christmas. That is not a, that's not a good Christmas. He receives $500 from Marie's life insurance policy. Um, <laughs> Amelia has given him another 750 after they've wed. Oh, my God. Um, and as soon as he's received his cash, he's scarped again. He runs. <laughs> You see, if you're gonna if you're gonna marry the fuck boys, <laughs> sorry, oh, I'm overwhelmed by the sheer volume oh. here. I, I I'm flabbergasted. <laughs> now Amelia goes straight to the Chicago police. She's having finally, none of this. Finally, um, the, she goes to report this theft and this missing husband. And now Inspector Shippy immediately knows this is the man I've been chasing. He's literally for, just for, like for his so long. Chair kicks back. Exactly. As he yeah. Jumps out. <laughs> Go, yes. Finally. This is mine. Finally, and he has Marie's body exhumed and tested. Mm. Now. Now, fortunately, the mortician who worked on Marie and prepared her for burial has used a new embalming technique, a new fluid that does not contain arsenic. And without the cover of this old-fashioned embalming fluid, the medical examiner finds huge quantities of arsenic in her organs. At last, they have their evidence that they can charge Hock with murder. But he's scarpered. He's fled. Shippy sends photographs of Hock to every newspaper in the country. And only a short time later, a landlady um, and widow in New York, a Mrs. Catherine Kimmel, recognises the likeness uh, as being that of her new boarder, um, Henry Bartles. He sticks in her memory because this rather peculiar man um, has proposed marriage only 20 minutes after he met her. <laughs> So he oh, did. He did stick in the memory. Um, I like this house here. And how was the plumbing? Uh, marriage. Yes. Marriage. Okay, we'll come back to this. We'll yes, she she declined his kind proposal, but he still takes the room. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he might be hoping to change her mind, woo her over the next couple of hours or something. She must really be hard up for rent. <laughs> she reports him that he's here. He's a bit weird. The authorities pounce and grab him, and they soon have him in custody. Um, at his arrest, he doesn't resist. He is quoted as saying to a police officer, I am Hock, and I'm a much-abused man. Oh! Oh, I, oh. I don't think he got that much sympathy. No. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say. Maybe that works on all the widows. Well, maybe so. Police seize a revolver, $600 in cash, um, several wedding rings with the inscriptions filed away For sake. <laughs> um, from his room, um, and a fountain pen filled with 58 grams of arsenic. Yes! <laughs> Yes! A poison a, pen! A poison pen! Oh, why don't you use ink? I didn't think of that. <laughs> a poison fountain pen. A poison yeah. Oh my god! Pen. It's the stuff of dreams! <laughs> it is true James Bond. <laughs> I mean, Hock claims that this is intended for himself only, and that he was planning on committing suicide of course. for all this abuse and horror he has suffered from his wives. As you would um, do with a fountain pen. Yeah, as soon he was on his way back to Chicago, uh, where Inspector Shippey and the Reverend Hass are both there <laughs> waiting for him when the Rubbing train arrives at the station going, got you at last. During his trial, as the list of aliases is read out, um, he hums and whistles and twirls his thumbs. Jacob oh, Schmidt... I was wondering what he was going to uh, twirl. <laughs> he was twirling a cane. Well, hardly. he was probably tw- twirling his moustache. He's got yeah, a most yeah. fantastic handlebar oh, moustache. Yes. Jo- Jacob Schmidt, Johan Hock, 
Albert Huesberg, Count Otto von Kain, uh, Jacob Erdoff, Henry Martels, Dr. Hart, Martin Dotz, Jacob Dust, C.A. Meyer, H. Frick, Dr. James, C.L. Calford, Jacob Hewitt, D.C. Witt, C. Cooley, uh, Henry F. Hartman, John C. Schultz, and Heinrich Voltzand. <laughs> An impressive list of names that he has gone by. I think it probably would would have killed it is if he just quietly gone, yeah, 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 <laughs> after every single name. Present, present. No, yes. no, stop saying that. <laughs> when he is finally convicted of Marie Walker's murder, mm. he whispers, it's all over with Johan, it serves me right. And quite right, it does. Hock finally goes to the gallows on February the 23rd, 1906. I mean, once he declares his innocence as he walks up the steps no one's that bothered he nods for the sheriff to place the noose around his neck and says i'm done with this world i declare i have done with everybody and seconds later the trapdoor falls away and johan hock falls to his death no one knows is that if that was actually his real name wow. at all no one knows what his real name ever was inspector shippy comes to believe that hock has married at least 44 women in his career as a bigamous swindler murderer. But no one knows how many of those women he has murdered or who he has just abandoned and left. Um, and they have tried to move on with their lives. During the trial, one local reporter has actually asked Hock what he has done with all the bodies. Because there's no... Yeah, there's not a pile of bodies that they're mm. trying to find a murderer for. They're just disappeared women yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, but Hock refused to comment. The, the question is actually partially answered in 1935 oh. when human remains are found inside the wall of a Chicago house that Hock once owned. No! Oh. <laughs> so, I mean, Hock was a middle-aged, balding, slightly portly <laughs> chap. Light blue eyes, handlebar moustache... Bit of a droopy left eye, apparently. Not sexy. Um, so, well, exactly. I mean, there's nothing to suggest that he was a particularly virile or outgoing or mm. attractive man. So how on earth he got so many women to agree to marry him within days of meeting is quite... So he must have had quite the persuasive, I quite it, quite the gift. But that's the thing, is that most, um, most serial killers that we know of, they're not particularly sexy. Well, no, this is true. They're just incredibly charming very they have they have a way about yeah. them this is this is endlessly commented on in the press mm. like there's there's pictures of him all over the place yeah and you see pictures you google his name you'll see pictures and yeah he looks like a sort of characteristic victorian villain he's interviewed by the chicago sun newspaper mm. um and he actually reveals what they say are his six rules to live by okay six rules that help so many women uh, fall in love with him mm. and, and i'm i'm wondered how many you might agree with okay um as to persuade a woman to marry a man. Let me have a sip of drink. Yeah. Okay. So he says that nine out of every ten women can be won by flattery. Uh, Yeah. Never let a woman know her own shortcomings. As a good tip. (laughs) I mean, don't don't tell us shit. We don't want to hear it. Always appear to a woman to be the anxious one. No, no. No. Bullshit. (laughs) Women like to be told pleasant things about themselves. To be honest, I love to hear terrible, terrible things told to me. Oh, for fuck's sake. That's a compliment. That's more of a compliment. Uh, when you make love, be ardent and earnest. <laughs> ardent, yes. Earnest. Mm, mm. The word earnest there. I'm not going to go into details, but I think there's a lot of girls who are going, yeah, uh, not so much. And the average man can fool the average woman if he will only let her have a way at the start. Oh... So, I think the same can be said for the, the opposite oh, side. Absolutely, I mean, absolutely. I think we both, are... we've all, the sexes have been playing this game for a long time. Please, you have your way. <laughs> I have my eyes on you. 
<laughs> These were the six rules he apparently lived his life by. I think we're a much less enlightened time than we perhaps live in today. I, I, I mean, I'm um, not going to lie, Nick. Those those sound <laughs> scarily similar well, to some of the some of the books I have read about attraction and kind of all sorts of dating, the stuff that you read in your youth, and that were applied to women. As well, like going, women, if you just do this, he's bound to marry you. Well, and all those women who wrote those books they have are read divorced. Fox lists as well. <laughs> <laughs> there, were, there was one, also one quote from the article. Had to be, had to be said. Okay. Um, so his quote is saying, um, women are all right in their place, mm-hmm. but only marry one at a time. <laughs> <laughs> Good logic. <laughs> yeah. Like it. And that is the story of Johan Otto Pock Dots, da, whatever that his name was. Da, 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 yay! <laughs> That's a brilliant story. It's a good story. story. Oh my God. I do not know that story. Fantastic. Oh, there's a lot. There's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot going on there. No, that's fun. Oh, honestly, when I was listening to that story, again, I think you, you set up that story beautifully <laughs> with the most complicated cocktail we've ever had. And, and full disclosure, we have been picking at the sugar. Lemon has not disintegrated on my one. It's still holding firm, but I'm just eating the sugar off the <laughs> but that guy honestly when you were saying about the investigator the reverend let, let's just have a shout out for the reverend awesome reverend who is just a, a force for justice he is doing his research he's writing letters god damn it that reverend is a hero absolutely but your man whose name we don't even know hoff hock hoff, whatever hock. hocking hocking hoff whatever his name is count otto von klein Oh, let's call him that. Count Otto. <laughs> let's say Count Otto. Count Otto. I mean, that is as close to a proper serial killer. Yes, motivated by money, clearly, but the love of killing. Yeah. You know, maybe apart from Cream, maybe apart from a couple of others. I mean, he was convicted on just the one count of murder. Of then course, they, so often, that was the often is the case. As often, is often the case. I mean, it was suspected that there could have been up to 15, 16 murders. Mm. And he had married, say, they suspected up to like 44. So he didn't say he didn't kill everyone. He no. killed plenty of them. A third. But if he's, if he's found at the end with all of the wedding rings as well, mm. that just gives some indication that he's oh, hoarding. He's hoarding and keeping trinkets. He's and... keeping kind of mementos from all the people he's killed. Well, there was the... one, the prosec- you say that, there's one thing the prosecution said that without keeping mementos, he actually kept the memento of his the name. Oh. The, the surname of his previous Just remember what victim. name he had to have. Um, would he need to use that as evidence or maybe I don't know it was it was a, something that came up with by the prosecution they that they brought up as mm. as a curious fact as where as you say as serial killers are want to keep trinkets and mementos of their things that, that he, sort of, he kept the name but that's it that um, seems the idea that you know if he was using that name as he went from town to town he might need to have some evidence so keep the ring that's got it on there he seems like a very i don't know whether he was Everything's laid out that he's a very clever oh, and very sure. meticulously planned these killings as well. Removing the organs. Absolutely. And also knowing arsenic was a massive proponent in the embalming process. Yeah. He, know, he knows his size. Yeah, he, he, knows. Knew, he knew what would show up as a massive overdose and what would just be, oh, we can just sort of vaguely yeah. pass this off. Oh, that's clever. That's pretty... Oh, that's, <laughs> it's chilling. It's pretty creepy. It's chilling. <laughs> I, like the, I like the Benny Hill way that it kind of escalated <laughs> at the end of him yes. running from house to house marrying widows goodbye and whoever he could get hold of yeah, with, with this pocket story. watch yes <laughs> mail order hypnotism mail order hypnotism please it's, it's we, the way forward can we bring back mail order courses on things <laughs> now we just have instagram courses by questionable people who should never be teaching you life coach courses honestly <laughs> some of you are probably fine but honestly no i'm i'm all for let's just have mail order hypnotism courses you know what you signed up for <laughs> <laughs> what 
what did he what did he try it didn't work it really didn't what work what did he do I? to that landlady <laughs> She's it. still going around as a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a chicken, Marge. I'm a chicken. <laughs> that is a great story. A great cocktail. A crazy cocktail. <laughs> a crazy and cocktail. A crazy, and a crazy story. story. Guys, what do you think? What do you think of uh, Count Otto? Count Otto. Off, dot whatever his name is. Yep. <laughs> He's mysterious. Mysterious. And the mysterious white And the mysterious power. white power. Does I, okay, good. I feel I need to raise this as a, as a what the fuck. Come on. Oh, oh, come on. We've had If worse. I had done this, if I had done this, there would literally, the table would have flipped over by now if I had said a mysterious white powder that turns out to be arsenic. I could have just said arsenic. We did that once. Oh, we did that already. We, we did that once already. <laughs> We're really scraping the barrel on some We're of these. Really, so, some of them, some some of these are not we, easy. I know. <laughs> I've turned down loads lately. I was like, oh, I don't have an ingredient. But just like, okay, a vague idea around that fine. Though, to be fair... Taking mysterious white powder and coming up with this monstrosity I think on the table—it's a, a good one. It's Frankenstein's monster, is what it is, Nick. But you have made something spectacular out of a vague thing. I won't have a go at you with about it because, my well, you, God, you did are. you deliver? What do you think, guys, of the story? What do we think of Otto? Crazy guy. Do we think he was? Do we think he was a? cold-hearted really clever knew exactly what he was doing serial killer less yes. about the money just like let's just kill and oh no the money was there That's the, the, money, the, money the money was, was money there was but the important he adapted as he went and i don't think we've had many people who were that methodical or is it one of those where in retrospect lots of crimes are attached to him i mean pretend, i mean we don't know it could well be that they're attributing many other cases that were nothing to do with him yeah. to this man because he was known to use so many different aliases potentially were all those aliases his we don't know i like the fact that you started in the middle to show <laughs> the fact that this is this was a build-up case mm-hmm. it wasn't just he was caught for one thing at the end and then they went Oh, he may have done all of this. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, this has been a methodical approach, absolutely. which makes me think that genuinely... I think many of them absolutely would have been. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Entirely genuine. Well, share your thoughts and share your theories, people. Mm. And later today, or whenever you listen to this, please go on to the social media and take a look at <laughs> the brandy. I have a feeling it's not going to come out quite as well in the pictures. <laughs> I have to say. Take a look at it, but then try and look it up. Make it, it is, it's hard to describe and hard to photograph. You just have to do it, guys. <laughs> um, impress your friends. Absolutely. Upset your relatives. Whatever happens, <laughs> whatever you want to do with it, go for it. As ever, come and find us on Patreon. If you haven't already, we have got some brilliant spooky stuff going on on Patreon because it's October. We've had a fantastic guest story this week and we've got some very special guests next week also talking about all things spooky and if you've got spooky stories for october there's not long left no need not it's fast running out tell us if you have ghost stories that are related to poison in some way <laughs> any stories. they're not easy to find but they're, they're out there we have tried we really yeah. have tried but we have a couple which are absolute gems that people have sent in you know what now is the time to flood us with the ghost stories mm-hmm. vaguely related to poison or just really kick-ass stories that you'd like to hear on patreon or on the main episode whatever you want send us the stories send us the ghostly stuff for october because once october's done it's done no more ghosts it's nothing but damp november and vague christmas shit <laughs> uh check out our merch store if you need some hoodies for the winter season we've got I some on one i must do this soon i you must. really should yeah but we've got hoodies we've got t-shirts we've got mugs we've got uh stickers it takes a little while for them to get delivered but great christmas presents guys. well quite indeed well you know what christmas present for yourself absolutely 
would be the best kind. Or just a Samhain present for yourself. Treat yourself. You've earned it. Well, if you have enjoyed our drunken cocktail ramblings about poison, uh, please go on to iTunes, leave us a review. It is hugely helpful for us. Um, and it's fantastic to see. Lovely to see. Thank you very much if you have. But please do. Thanks so much for listening, guys. We have been the people inside the Poisoner's Cabinet. We will see you next week. And remember... Your loved ones are trying to kill you. Bye.